Well, good morning, 1030, our live service and online. How are you guys doing this morning? Awesome. Good to see you. Um, I just want to say something before we uh, kick off the service today. Um, so it's, it's good to have my mom and dad uh, back here in church. They had their their second uh, COVID vaccine a couple weeks ago. And today, I just uh, I want to honor you, mom and dad, as you celebrate your 65th wedding anniversary. So praise God for that. That is something my wife and I will strive towards. I think I'd have to get to 90 to hit there, so we'll see. Um, but I know, I know Fred just celebrated a birthday at 90 years old, too, so happy birthday to you as well, Fred. I'm, I'm excited to have you guys um, all with us on this Palm Sunday. We're in our Easter service, our Easter series, actually, called um, I Am Jesus in His Own Words. And if you're new here, if you're watching this maybe online for the first time or, or you're visiting with us today, I just want to clarify, um, I am not claiming to be Jesus. You don't have to run to the exits or, or anything like that. That's just the name of our series because what we've been doing is we've been looking at some of the I Am statements that Jesus made in the Gospel of John in the New Testament. And last week we started off by looking at when Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Next week for our Easter service, we're going to look at where Jesus said these words. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And we're going to learn next week that the resurrection wasn't just an event that happened in history, but the resurrection is actually a person. And things don't stay dead when the resurrection enters into someone's life. But today we're going to talk about one of the most important I am statements that Jesus ever made. So if you have your Bible with you, go ahead and turn to, to John um, chapter 15. John chapter 15, verse 5 is what we're going to look at a lot this morning. And um, as always, we'll put the verses up on the screen as well. But here's what Jesus said in John 15, 5. And if you wouldn't mind reading with me um, the word of God today, these important words from the mouth of Jesus. Let's read this together. Jesus said this. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That's right. That statement by itself is pretty dramatic, right? If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Like that is Jesus coming pretty strong to the mic, if you will. But when you contextualize this I am statement with the environment where it was actually said, I believe it takes on even more powerful significance. This statement was given in John chapter 15. So let me give you a, a little bit of background here. In John chapter 13, shortly before this statement, we have the beginning of the account known as the Last Supper. Why is it called the Last Supper? Because it was the Last Supper Jesus had with his disciples before he was arrested and crucified, which happens later in chapter 18. So in chapter 13, we have the Last Supper. In chapter 18, we have Jesus arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane and taken away to be crucified. And what we have in the middle of these two significant, significant events is really some dinner conversation. Now again, Jesus was fully God and he was fully man. He was God in a bod, if you will. So he knew exactly what was coming around the corner. He was fully aware that the crucifixion was coming. So let me ask you a question today. If you knew when the last day of your life was, and you had the opportunity to gather together with people who you love and have one last meal with them before you died, would you think about what you'd want to say to them? 
Would you maybe plan to tell them how you feel about them? Or maybe say some, some critical things that you might want them to really know and understand and, and hold on to. And, and this is the context in which we see Jesus say, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus viewed this as critical, critical information that he wanted the people closest to him to receive into their lives. So today as we unpack this important I am statement, we're going to ask this big overarching question. So this is our, our big question this morning. Why is being connected important? Why is being connected important? And I'm going to try to illustrate this for you guys in a very simple way. This right here is the photograph of a healthy tree. And if you look at this tree, we're going to let this represent a person whose life is connected to Jesus. The roots are planted in some good soil. It's getting water. And as a result, we have a healthy tree that's going to bear some fruit. In fact, this is a, a picture taken in the Garden of Gethsemane, and this is an olive tree in Israel. So this represents a person whose life is connected to Jesus. Now, on the other hand, a person who is disconnected from Jesus, you know, they kind of look a little bit like this. This is just a dead branch. This by itself is, is not such a good thing. Now, I might be going out on a limb here. That was a little tree humor for those of you paying attention this morning. But I'd be willing to wager that that's not going to bear a whole lot of fruit. And, and even if this was a branch from a beautiful apple tree, I can guarantee you we're going to get nothing, no fruit. Why, you ask? Because it's disconnected. So the question becomes, what do you want to be? Do you want to be the branch or do you want to be the tree? Do you want to be alive or do you want to be dead? Do you want option A or option B? I'm starting to sound like an optometrist. But we don't want to be the dead branch, right? No. We want to be connected to the true vine because when we are, we bear fruit and we're actually alive. Jesus said it like this in, in John 15, 1. He said, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. And this statement implies that if Jesus is the true vine, then there's probably some false vines out there. And, and false vines are, are things that we can connect us to that are not going to fulfill and are not going to bear fruit in our lives. For example, this pitcher of water could be a false vine. And what many of us do is we take ourselves and we connect to something that we think is going to work. We connect to a false vine and we think, oh baby, this is it. Now I'm going to start producing some fruit in my life. Now I'm no botanist, but I'm pretty sure that a dead branch in a pitcher of water still isn't going to pr produce fruit. But we do this. We attach ourselves to false vines all the time. Let me give you some examples. We might think, you know, if I just had the newest technology, then I would be complete. I mean, God forbid I have an iPhone 12, that's so last year. Or if only I had enough friends on social media, or if somebody famous retweeted one of my tweets, then boom, I'll be popular, and I'm going to bear some fruit. And Jesus is like, no, not so much. Sometimes we even try to put on the appearance of good fruit. Many Christians, we fall into this trap. We, we think, what if people actually learned about some of the things that I'm struggling with behind closed doors? Can't have that. So what we do is we walk around and we put on appearances that everything is great. 
even though in reality on the inside our lives might be falling apart. And Jesus would say that's not fruit. That's a false vine. See, there are two types of vines, church. There's the true vine, and then there are false vines. So again, the question we're going to unpack today is this. Why is being connected to the true vine so important? If you're taking notes, a couple of reasons we'll unpack this morning. Reason number one is this. Number one, staying connected produces fruit. Staying connected produces fruit. You see it right there in John 15, 5. And I'm going to keep bringing up this verse over and over and over again today because I want it to just kind of fuse with your heart so that you can begin to apply it in your life. Like we always say around here, we don't want to just be a group of people who show up to church on Sunday, sit in some rows, and then walk out of here unchanged. No, we want to be the church. We want to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. And see, there's a big, big difference between just attending church and following Jesus. Because according to the scriptures, changed people actually change. And if you're not changing, if you're not bearing fruit in your life, then you're probably not walking with Jesus. Because it is impossible, it is impossible to walk in a love relationship with Jesus and stay the same. So let me illustrate this by asking you guys a question. How many of you like Easter dinner or Easter lunch. Will you, will you raise a hand if you're, if you're a fan? Awesome. Yes, I am too. I think uh, Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, some of the best meals of the year in the Vias house. Next week, Julie's going to be cooking probably an Easter ham, deviled eggs, al gratin potatoes, green bean casserole. Praise God. Praise Jesus. I might get Pentecostal if I keep talking about Easter dinner. But let me ask you guys another question. How many of you would say that when you eat your meal on a big meal like that, that you tend to be a little bit of a sectional eater? And let me unpack what I mean by that. Uh, what I mean is that if your green beans touches your baked beans on your plate, you're going to be messed up and you might not sleep well that night. Raise your hand if you're kind of a sectional eater. You don't like your food touching. Okay? All right? Look around the room. These are our OCD brothers and sisters right here. They don't realize that it's all going to wind up in exactly the same place. Now, how many of you instead, you're like me, you could care less if your food touches, pile it up high, raise your hand, raise your hand, praise God, my people. Awesome, awesome. Now, see, Christianity can be approached in these two ways as well. A lot of people in the church, they approach Christianity like a sectional eater. See, if we can keep Jesus in just a little section of our lives, that's what we're going to do. We're just going to keep him isolated on a Sunday morning. And when we do that, when we keep Jesus in just a section of our lives, then you know what? It doesn't matter who we date or what we do on those dates or if we're married, who we flirt with. I mean, if Jesus is just in a section of our lives, it doesn't matter how we use our money or our time or our talents because Jesus is just a part of our lives. And we can just keep him isolated to a few hours over the weekend. But let me tell you something, church. Those people never make a difference in the world. Those people never bear fruit in their life. And they will never step into the greater things and the greater plans that God has for them. On the other hand, there are some people who are just totally sold out for God. And for them, Jesus is not just a part of their lives. He's the whole flipping plate. He's everything. And so my hope and prayer today is that all of you who might be currently living a sectional life with God would be willing to take a next step 
and move to start living a sold-out life for God. Because sectional Christians never experience the greater things of God, but sold-out followers of Jesus always do. They always do. They bear fruit in their lives. As John 15, 5 says, again, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. See, when we're, we're sold out for God, when we go all in with him, Jesus promises that like a branch connected to a healthy tree, we're going to bear fruit in our lives. But what fruit is he talking about? I mean, he's obviously not talking about bananas and coconuts, right? Although some of the married people here might use those words to describe your spouse this morning. But what kind of fruit is Jesus talking about? Well, Galatians 5 gives us a clue. Galatians 5 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the kind of fruit that Jesus is talking about in our lives. And I don't know about you, but I could sure use some more of that kind of fruit in my life. Amen? Staying connected to God produces fruit in our lives. And the more we're connected, the more fruit, little by little, begins to blossom. Now, sometimes this is hard to see at first. And maybe you felt like that. Maybe you've, you've got a friend and you've been praying for them. And it just seems like the more you pray, the further they drift from God. Maybe you struggle with something in your own life personally. Maybe you struggle with like an anger issue. And it feels like you're having a harder and harder time of having any kind of sympathy or empathy for others. You keep snapping at people you love. And you're like, God, why can't I stop this? Maybe you're wrestling with some kind of an addiction. Maybe it's like a lust problem and, and, and you just want it to go away, but you can't seem to get over it. You seem to fall again and again. And you think, I'm trying to follow God, but I just don't see fruit. Here's the deal, church. Jesus says, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. If you're looking for a fruit forecast, that's a 100% chance of fruit in this deal. He didn't say you may bear fruit. He said you will bear fruit, and he said much fruit. But you have to remain connected. What that means is that when the person you've been praying for keeps drifting from God, you don't give up. You continue to pray. You look for opportunities to influence them. You ask other people to pray with you. When you're dealing with, with an issue like, like anger or lust, you take it up to God in prayer. And you also seek out other followers of Jesus in your life, people you can be real with, people you can ask for help, people who can help hold you accountable. You don't go solo Christian, off on your own, drifting away like a dead branch. You stay connected to the vine because it's critical if you're going to bear fruit in your life. See, as a Christian, Scripture says again that you are part of the body of Christ. Yet the average churchgoer in America, the person who claims to be a follower of Jesus, attends church about once a month. And they're not plugged into any kind of Christian community. They don't serve. They don't regularly have a habit of a devotional life or a prayer life. They don't regularly read the Bible. They don't attend a small group community. That would be like, again, me saying, and I've said this before, but that would be like me saying, I want to get in shape. And so I sign up for a gym membership, and I show up once a month. Meanwhile, the other 30 days, I veg on the couch, and I eat Ben and Jerry's Chunky Monkey. And I'm shocked at the end of the month because I gained 20 pounds. The notion that you can follow Jesus 
and bear fruit in your life without having a regular relationship with God where you're connected to him and having a relationship with community, with other people of God, goes against 2,000 years of church history and hundreds, hundreds of verses of Scripture, which leads to point number two. Being disconnected produces nothing. Being disconnected produces nothing. Remember in, in verse 5, Jesus said, If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And then he said, But apart from me, you can do nothing. And in fact, he expands on that in the very next verse. Look at what it says in, in John 15, 6. It says, If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Not a great day to be that branch, right? When we're disconnected, we produce nothing. And what can happen when we disconnect is we can wind up looking at other people and getting very judgmental. Have you ever met a judgmental Christian? Just unhappy about everything? I have a friend of mine, he calls them cave dwellers, complaining about virtually everything. They don't like the carpet. They don't like the music. They don't like this. They don't like that. Church isn't the way that they like it. Now, I'll be transparent with you guys. I've had judgmental moments plenty of times in my life. When I was a, a young college student, um, I, I got a, uh, my father got me a, a Mustang 5.0 GT convertible as my first car. I loved that car. Loved that car. I believe that car may have gotten me my first date with my wife. Okay? I'm just saying, I was a nerd, but I had a sweet ride. And I used to judge guys as I drove around college campus. I, I used to judge guys who rode around in a minivan. And I'd see a guy in a minivan, and I'd be like, man, someone needs to pull his man card. He is driving a minivan. That's not right. In fact, Julie and I, we actually joked around that we thought it might be funny to actually put that in our wedding vows. You know, we promised to, to love and to honor and to cherish and to never get a minivan. But then, then we had a bunch of kids. And I remember trying to get groceries with, like, my three little daughters when they were all, you know, first born. And, and I remember breaking my back, trying to get them strapped into the back seat of a compact car as they had meltdowns about not having enough leg room. And we had no trunk space for all the groceries. So these little kids are holding bags of groceries in their laps and around their feet. And as I sat in a grocery store parking lot one day, contemplating death, this dude walks by me with a bunch of kids and a whole ton of groceries. And he walks by me, and I noticed something unusual about him. He had a smile on his face. And I kid you not, with a, with a twinkle in his eye, he pushes a little button on his keychain. And magically, the doors of a minivan start to open. And his children run towards the minivan. And they jump inside, and they strap themselves in and turn on a DVD player and I, I saw one of them look over to their father and say, Daddy, I love you. <laughs> and then he hit another button and the trunk opened and that trunk could fit half of a grocery store inside of it. And in that moment, I believe I may have heard the angels in heaven sing. I think minivans are great now. I think the only thing that can make a minivan better is if they put that limousine privacy glass inside of there. You know what I'm talking about, parents? You're going on a long trip. You're like, you're touching me. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? You're like, hold on a sec. You just push a button. You don't hear them for the rest of the trip. That would be flipping amazing. 
I claim that. I'm going to put a patent on that when you heard it here first. Okay? But we, we can make judgments about things. And then we find ourselves in the midst of it. Now, the minivan illustration, I mean, that's kind of a funny illustration. But we can fall into that trap in other areas of our life that aren't so funny. I would never have an affair. That's horrible. I cannot believe someone would have an affair. Then you find yourself having lunch with a coworker, or connecting with an old flame on social media and you start crossing some boundaries. Or you think, you know, I would never sacrifice my family to work like they do. And the next thing you know, you've missed so many ball games, you don't even know what team your kid plays for, let alone who their closest friends are. Let me tell you something. I've been a pastor for over 20 years, and, and I've had the honor and the privilege of being able to see sometimes into the darkest places in people's lives. And one of the things I've learned is that anybody, anybody is capable of anything when they're disconnected from the body. There are no perfect people here. We are all sinners in need of a Savior. You, me, the person sitting next to you, we are all capable of anything if we're disconnected from the vine. Do you remember Peter? He loved Jesus. He got disconnected. He denied him three times. So the question becomes, how then do we stay connected? Now, we've already talked about a few ways today. Prayer, devotional time, reading God's word, regular church attendance, connecting in small group community, serving God with your time, your talents, your resources. But let me give you two more really quick thoughts, and then we're going to end today. Number one is this. We do what Jesus says. We do what Jesus says. In John 15, 10, Jesus says this. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. My five kids, they generally do a good job listening and trusting me as their father. Usually when I tell them to do something, I hear, yes, dad, or yes, sir. What if I asked one of my kids to clean their room? And they said, dad, do you mean my room? Okay. Maybe they're just asking for clarification. So I say, yes, I would like you to clean your room today. It's getting messy. And then what if they go away and and I, I see them later and I ask, did you clean your room yet? And they say, oh, gracious Father, I have memorized what you said about cleaning my room. Okay, did you you actually clean it? They say, oh, Father, I heard you. And so I gathered some of my friends together, and we have studied what you have said about cleaning my room. And we went deep. I mean, we looked up the word clean in the Greek. It's pronounced klineo, and it means to purify with haste and fortitude. Father, we sang songs about cleaning my room. I mean, I raised my hand, sang those songs. I prayed about it for hours and hours. But did you clean your room? And what if that goes on for six days or weeks or months or years? Well, we got a problem then, right? But church, this is so often how we relate to God, our Heavenly Father, See, there are some things you don't need to spend a lot of time wrestling with and praying about, like loving people around you, because loved people love people, or telling someone about Jesus and inviting them to an Easter service, because found people find people, or reading your Bible, or using your, your talents and time and resources for God, because saved people serve people or attending church regularly, or or getting connected into a small group community, because growing people grow with people. 
or taking a next step in your walk, getting baptized, having a sanctification moment where you say, God, I'm all in. You can have first place in every area of my life, my future, my career, my finances. You can have it all because change people change. When God tells you to do something, if you're a follower of Jesus, sometimes you just need to do it. So how do we stay connected to the vine and bear fruit? Number one, we do what Jesus says. Last one as we close today. Number two, we love like Jesus loves. In John 15, 12, Jesus said this, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Remember again that John 15 is dinner conversation. On the way to Jerusalem for the Passover meal, what would become the last supper that Jesus would share with his disciples, Jesus heard some of his disciples arguing with each other about who would be the greatest. You know, they believed that Jesus was the Messiah. They believed he was the Son of God, but they envisioned him to be a conquering king who was going to free them from the oppression of the Roman Empire and establish a new kingdom on earth. They didn't understand that he came for a far greater purpose to save the entire world from sin and from death. So they argued, who's the favorite? Who's the greatest? Who's going to be his right hand, the guy? And Jesus was like, hey, guys, the greatest among you is the one who serves and loves like this. And then Jesus, the son of God, got down on his hands and his knees and he started to wash their feet before dinner. And then during the meal, he said, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. And then he said, keep my commands. And he commanded them to love one another as he loves them. Why did he do that? Because being connected is so important. I believe Jesus as the Son of God understood that we're really not capable of loving each other. We're not really capable of loving others unless, unless we're connected to him. Because when we stay connected, all of a sudden our focus in life is on the things that matter to God. And the very Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, lives in us and works in us. And supernatural fruit starts to happen in our lives. And we're able to love others as he loves us. And we're able to grow more and more and more like our Savior, Jesus. Today we're going to end this Palm Sunday service by remembering the Last Supper and taking communion. For those of you who are live here, um, we have the elements set up in the back. And if you didn't get one coming in, you could take a moment to go back there and just grab one. For those of you watching online right now, um, you could just head to your kitchen and grab Grab some crackers or some cookies and a little glass of something to drink, and you can participate in this as well. I just want you guys to know that our church recognizes two sacraments or commands by our Lord Jesus to be followed by his believers. One is baptism, which we've talked about a little tonight. It is the, the public declaration of a believer that they are a new creation, a follower in Christ. It is an outward expression of an inward change, and it's the next big step someone takes after proclaiming Jesus Christ to be their Lord and their Savior. The other is communion. It's the taking of the bread and the wine by followers of Jesus in remembrance and gratitude for his sacrifice for us. It is a means of grace. It gives us an opportunity to reflect on what Jesus did for us 
and also to look at our own lives, to look at ourselves in the mirror and to reflect on where we are. Are we living a sectional life or are we all in for him? We believe here at our church that anyone who acknowledges Jesus as Lord is welcome to participate. But I want you to know if you're new to this whole Christianity thing, if you're still trying to figure out what it is you believe, we are so, so, so glad that you are joining us today, but please don't feel pressured to have to participate. But we also want you to be free to participate if you're ready today to acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Let's go ahead and open the the elements. On the same night that Jesus was betrayed, he, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. May the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was broken for you, preserve you blameless into everlasting life. Take and eat this in remembrance that Christ died for you. Likewise, he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. May the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was shed for you, preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Drink in remembrance that Christ's blood was shed for you. Church, can we pray with heads bowed, eyes closed? Heavenly Father, we thank you for being the God who loves us so much that you saw our greatest need and you actually did something about it. You sent your son Jesus to die for our sins. God, thank you for loving us like that. Thank you for being a God who wants greater things for our lives, who wants us to bear much fruit for you. There are those here today who may be thinking, you know, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I need some help in my life. I need to be better about staying connected to the vine, about staying connected to you, Jesus. I want to see more fruit in my life, more joy, more peace, more patience, more goodness, more self-control, more of all of that fruit that you provide. And if that's you here this morning, Would you just lift up a hand right now to acknowledge that, to say, God, that's me. I need more of you in my life. Would you just lift up a hand if that's you today? Praise God. Praise God. Lots of hands this morning. Let me pray for you guys. Father, you know every person in here. You know every life. You know every situation. For some of those who just lifted a hand, maybe it's about an area of sin that they're struggling with in their life that they need to confess and repent and and surrender to you. Maybe God has been leaning on your heart to talk to somebody about an area of struggle because you're starting to to realize the Christian life isn't supposed to be done solo. It's not supposed to be done alone. Whatever the area, God wants you today to get connected to the vine and be set free. 
Maybe it's about being more regular with your church attendance. Maybe it's about getting into a small group community. Maybe it's that you've never really surrendered your time or your talents or your your finances over to God. Maybe for some of us, we've been living a sectional life and God is calling us today to go all in with him. Some of you, some of you like today, you need to say, hey, I want to get baptized. Sign me up. I'm ready to take that next step. Whatever the area, I pray, God, that your spirit would move in us in supernatural ways in the days and weeks and months to come. God, especially for those brothers and sisters who just lifted a hand, that you would give us wisdom to look for ways to stay connected to you and then give us the courage to actually make a change in our life and make it happen. So we continue to pray. There's one last group I want to address uh, this morning. Maybe, maybe you're here today. Maybe you're watching today, and you just need to give your life to Jesus. Maybe you're not saved. And every time we give an invitation, your heart just starts pounding. I mean, it's about to explode out of your chest, but you haven't done it because you wonder, what will people think? But I want you to know there is no judgment and condemnation here. And there are people in this church who want to celebrate what God is doing in your life. So if you're here today, if you're watching online, and your next step is to take a first step and surrender your life to Jesus, I want to pray for you this morning. Would you just lift a a hand right now and have the courage to say, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. Pastor, would you pray for me? I believe it's the greatest decision anyone could ever make in their entire lives. Praise God. Let's pray together. For those of you who are followers of Christ, you can pray along for the brothers and sisters today who might have lifted a hand. You pray, Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for meeting me right where I'm at. God, I'm not perfect. I've done a lot of wrongs in my life. But today I want to move my faith off of myself and onto my Savior, Jesus. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died for all my sins. And I believe he rose again. God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for meeting me right here. Palm Sunday, 2021. God, I want to love you day by day and step by step for the rest of my life. I want to live out a personal relationship with you from now into eternity. I love you, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we celebrate decisions that were made? Let's stand together and let's close in song.
you restore every heart that is broken and great are you Lord it's your breath in our lungs so we blessings upon these your people today father god again give us the wisdom to know what to do with these incredible words from your son jesus i am the vine you are the branches if you stay connected to me and i and you you will bear much fruit god that's what we want to do that's the kind of people we want to be so so god give us the courage to make the adjustments we need to in our lives so that we can start to live that out. God, we don't want to be sectional Christians. God, we want to be sold out for you. We want to be connected to the vine. We want to be bearing fruit in our lives. God, I pray that you would help us to do that. We love you and we give you all the honor and glory today in advance for the things you're going to be doing in the lives of your people. We pray these things today in Jesus' name. God bless you guys. I hope you have an awesome Palm Sunday, an awesome week ahead. Can't wait to see you back next week for Easter Sunday. Please remember as you head out, we have the invite cards um, available to you in the lobby. Grab a handful. Let somebody you love know about Easter Sunday. Invite them to come. Invite them to watch online. God bless you guys. And all the will shout your praise our hearts will cry these bones will sing
So we put- 